Hey, welcome back, team. You audacious, emotional, irrational, adoring, and passionate dustbecks. You stunning, strong, sensational, stirring, and striking dustbecks. You cherished, devoted, blissful, bold, and romantic dustbecks. You beautiful dustbecks, you. Welcome back to episode 6 of Beautiful Dustbeck, a weekly podcast here where I'm trying to show you the motivational side of science, trying to peel back the layers of reality to make you feel epic, weird, wild, and wonderful all wrapped up into the same thing. So hopefully you're enjoying the ride here, hopefully you're enjoying what I'm throwing out there. It's been a blast to make, I'm enjoying the feedback. If you get me a second, can you leave a review on iTunes? That'd be pretty great. It helps me out, it helps me get the word of this thing rolling around in the ether. And it also, I like hearing what you guys like. If you ever have an idea for a show, after episode 10, I do want to start doing some interviews, so anybody's welcome to come join me. But here we go, episode 6. So this weekend, after a long ordeal that started, it's been about five and a half years, I was told by one of them, my good friends Dave and Sam got engaged. I've known these guys for a while now. I've been working with Dave for over eight years at school. He's a fellow teacher of mine. He's a good friend, and his girlfriend, or now fiancé, Sam, is wonderful as well. They're two of my best friends that I have, and thanks for putting up with me, guys. I know I'm a lot to handle. But I want to tell a story. Let's tell a story of these two. So their little story, this journey, started back in, I think he told me, high school. So in high school... Uh, Sam didn't like Dave. They, according to him, Sam was too cool. Dave was too nerdy. They were actually, she was actually friends with Dave's twin brother. And Dave was friends with Sam's boyfriend. So, yeah, there you go. Then fast forward a few years later, story goes, this is all told through the lens of Dave, that his buddy Jay, my buddy as well, sup Jay, how you doing, delivered a pizza to Sam. And that led to Facebook, which led to Dave asking if she still wanted to play volleyball on a team. And then, boom, there we go. And I was, uh, fun fact, I was actually on that team, you know. At first when I met Sam, I could tell she was, like, you know, putting out the vibe. I was like, no, you know, like, I'll let, she seems to like, you know, Dave could use, I'll let Dave have her. That's a total lie. Actually, in reality, uh, Sam liked Dave from the start, and I lost my temper too many times playing volleyball, and they never asked me back. So, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. So, Fast forward here, these two start dating. Five and a half years later, when I asked him, when did you know you were falling in love? He's like, uh, snowboarding. When we were snowboarding, I was like, yeah, she's pretty great. And uh, my parents liked her, and my cat liked her. So he's like a really, really romantic dude, and that's great. So this weekend, after a, or during a walk in Long Grove, in a very rom- you know romantic and important place to Sam and Sam's childhood, Dave popped a question, and Sam said yes, so we're all stoked for him. It's awesome. But there's more to that story. These two coagulated balls of matter and energy, and the atoms and energy that makes them up, that had the audacity to fall in love at this time, it has a pretty epic tale when told through the lens of the Big Bang. So let's rewind the clock all the way back to... Before clocks even existed. Let's rewind it back to the original OG second. The second. Before any other seconds. The beginning of the beginning. The time when time began. The OG of all OGs. Alright? And let's look at it. But before we do that, though, let's let's think about this. We're going to tell this story, which, you know, ends in love. It ends in this epic tale of these two that are going to join their lives together in holy matrimony, and hopefully enjoy the ride. I know they will. They're wonderful humans. So love's a pretty cool thing. When you type it into a definition and you get the definition from a dictionary, you get over 28 definitions that come out of this thing, you know? And it's pretty wild. I asked another friend who is a, she studies psychology, sub Nicole, 
And she said that it, it's called the Love Triangle in psychology. It sounds super cool. It was uh, created by Robert Steinberg, and it's intimacy, passion, and commitment. And if you get those three, it's called a consummate love. And it's actually like a paradigm, which is like a sliding scale triangle. They're all interconnected, too. It's actually really cool. I could go into it more, but yeah, we're just going to keep going. So that's like the psychological side of it, you know, like art and wonder and you know, literature, all these things have tried to answer this. I, I wonder, I tried to look, I couldn't find if anyone ever calculated what percentage of songs have been written about heartbreak, you know, aside from country music. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot, you know, it's gotta be a lot. Einstein called it a biological phenomena. Maya Angelou had some great quotes on there. And I, this is a good quote for, for any of them. So we always have to have enough courage to trust love one more time and always one more time. So love is an amazing thing. Uh, as a biology teacher, I always joke around with the kids because it's kind of funny. It's not complicated. Biology is very simple when you really break it down. So <laughs> biological creatures who some fall in love, sometimes they call it coupling, imprinting. Other times it's just simply called reproduction. Every living thing on the planet has to, a goal. Its goal is to don't die doesn't die it has to eat and it has to sleep and it has to not be eaten so it can do one thing and that's reproduce pass on life's mission is to create more life which is simple yet gorgeous at the same time so no matter what it is right we humans get to call the triangle trifecta and write down stuff in language art music and wonder of the whole thing and give it this name give it this four-letter word that is love when in biology most things are just out there like eating 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 what is that what is that okay eating eating was it, was it okay? Is eating? Is that bush a tiger? Oh God, it's a tiger! And then that guy doesn't get to reproduce. But if not, you know, it's like, oh, it's a tiger! Run! Okay, I'm running. Okay, back to eating. Hey, there's a mate, and I could go into it. I was going to, but there's a lot to talk about. It's actually really hilarious and awesome if you look up all the different crazy mating rituals that exist out there. You know, you know about like the praying mantis that they mate, and then the female bites its head off. That's pretty gnarly. I really like the ones about. I like the fighting ones, and it's. <laughs> I think as humans, we the the girls get a get a rough go of it you know it's way easier to be a to be a guy so girls keep it up you're doing great and in the biological world it's not always like that lions maybe right the big the big lion just sits there like makes his mane look all pretty he's like oh yeah it's super nice i use conditioner no big deal and his harem of females go out and hunt and kill and forage and bring back the food he's like oh thanks babes that's great the rest of them, though, a lot of the rest of the animal kingdom is just out there, and they're looking at everything, and it's just like the female sits back, and like two males are like, hey, what's up? And the other one's like, hey, what's up? And she's like, ooh, two. Well, why don't you two, like, you know, like, fight to the death? And, you know, I'll just wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. Oh, oh, okay. You're, yep, okay, you're fighting. Cool. Keep fighting. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, you're injured. Yeah, that won't go well. You'll probably be food. So, uh, Billy, what's up? Want to, you know, want to make more, make more life? And he's like, yeah. You know, other times it's just the man comes in and has to do these like crazy elaborate dances like, oh, God, okay, go, go going on, you know, huge displays. And the girl straight up looks at him like, yep, or nope, and just walks away. And he's like, oh, man, I worked like six hours on dividing up this house. I mean, it's crazy. The birds are awesome. Look up the Michael Jackson, like moonwalking one. Look up the birds of paradise. I mean, so many great things. And there's a lot of beautiful ones. There's some out there that 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 made for life. You know, there's a lot of really cool examples of this, but it, it permeates. It runs through all of the animal kingdom, anything that is a higher order animal in some way, shape or form follows this idea of trying to find a mate. We humans call it love and we break it down and we look at it and we dive deep into it. 
So it's really a neat thing when you think about it. And it's also horrible, right? I mean, anyone who's ever experienced this, this ups and downs of life, it is incredible. On the biochemical side of it, it's cool to look at as well. Breaking it down biochemically, it, it's like we this thing that we write art, music, and just ponder and long for. And we'll go through great lengths and the ups and downs and the weird, wild roller coaster that is life. Really what it is, is it's a hit of three biological chemicals. It's dopamine, norepinephrine, and serotonin that flood your system when you are in love, you know? And dopamine is, in essence, cocaine. Norepinephrine is, is in essence, adrenaline. And serotonin is the happy drug that makes us insane and makes us follow prodigal, like, I, like things like that relate to OCD. So cocaine, adrenaline, happy, insane drug all mixed together is called love, you know? And, and yeah, that's kind of crazy when you think about it. That's why they've they've actually proven that it's more addictive than cocaine. So when you're there, and you know, and like your girl like breaks up, you're like, oh god, I can't, I gotta text all oh, bros. I need like a bro, you know. And you're going through all the wondrous, awesome things that is a breakup. You're actually going through drug withdrawals. You're you're coming down. You are you are you you've lost it. It, it your body is missing things and it's trying to recover. That's why it goes. It slowly progresses. But along the way, the awesome thing that it is, you know, it's better to have loved and lost than if you never loved at all that's one way i look about it you know we've all had our ups and downs in the love in the love battlefield that's been out there but along the way it's an incredible ride but let's focus on these positive ones let's focus on these two who have made it these two who are now engaged and are going to embark in the rest of their journey together so i asked sam uh, I asked her what was her once one and by asked her I mean I texted her at 5 a.m. because I'm a morning person and I have things on my brain and I get it done she said her definition in one sentence after a little coaxing she said love is when two lives come become one his needs and her needs become our needs and I was like oh and we were talking about the one word and I said you know what I think one word synergy she was like love it and I was like let's run with it so synergy this coming together of two things really permeates back all the way to the beginning. So let's embark on this story. Let's begin at zero seconds. Zero seconds, the universe in all its entirety, before the atoms that make up Sam and Dave even came into existence, before the energy that is permeated when their lips make a and turn into that auditory energy as they transfer kinetic to potential and snow. What is that? Potential to kinetic, right? And that was, you know, you make a kissy noise. Pretty great, right? So at zero seconds, the earth, the, 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 not the earth, sorry, the universe is nothing. And it's so nothing, you can't even call it nothing. It's so dark, you can't call it dark. It is devoid of anything it is nothing and this is when it gets crazy we will go into this i don't even know like you could talk entirely about this this point that is now going to rapidly expand and go on this incredible epic saga of galactic rapid expansion culminating with these dave getting down on one knee and asking sam to marry him has gone on quite the tale so 13.7 billion years ago the universe is nothing it's a point of infinite mass and density infinite's not the word there's no other adjective to describe it it's a point that isn't even a point what's it in what's it made up of man there you go here's the questions right i think that's it what is the big bang what was the original first you know where did life come from on this planet and what is love i would say those are three of the most profound questions you can ask as a human being and remember asking is where it's at so this thing this thing that we call we scientists calls the singularity all of a sudden comes into rapid expansion Whew. 
just comes just it rapidly expands and in 10 to the negative 40 seconds it's roughly the size of a grapefruit so all things matter and energy from a scale of a universe that's made up of 200 billion galaxies and infinite amounts of stars and planets and stuff and atoms that one times 10 to the 80th atoms that exist all matter all energy all of it comes rapidly expanding out of this thing and in one quadrillionth of a second there is the quarks the original particles here that are going to turn into the protons and neutrons so in less than one quadrillionth of a second you have the fundamental particles that are going to turn in to all of this right and also what comes out of this out of all of it is energy gravity electromagnetism the fundamental forces of nature and time time comes ripping out of this thing here so it keeps going at one second so one second after this original expansion you have hydrogen and helium nuclei and this electron plasma so a hydrogen is a single proton and neutron combined together in the nucleus with one electron going around it the most abundant element in the universe hands down like 98 percent of all atoms in the universe are hydrogen atoms but they're not quite atoms yet they're a plasma so then it just goes through this dark ages so these little beautiful little atomic nuclei the ones that turn into later on and go through these galactic evolutions that turn into our beloved people in our story here our two lovers have not quite formed up quite yet they just chilling out they're they're relaxing for 380,000 years so at 380,000 yab years after the big bang the universe cools down enough to where these these electrons and protons can start to you know fuse together not even not fuse i'm sorry combine electrically combine together and become electrically statically neutral and this is the edge actually of our common knowledge it's called the cosmic background radiation at this point and again the wonders of science it was theorized that this would exist and they found it by accident we take they took this radio telescope and went all around the world all around and there was this static and it turns out that this static is this flash of the light and the energy escaping from this like velcro-y plasma universe 380,000 years after the big bang as it becomes electrically static so all of the hydrogen and helium, not all the helium, but all the hydrogen that is in the universe today. Think of what makes up hydrogen right off the bang, H2O, right? Hyd hydrogen dioxide. All right, that's not what you call it. Hyd you know, two H's and an O. It makes up water. Though all the hydrogen that is in your water, all the hydrogen in your body, it's 9.5% of your body exists or that you were made up of it started at this all of the hydrogen at this time came from this then the earth and then these atoms that are getting ready and sooner down the road later on are going to turn into the weird wild wonderful thing that is sam and dave and is their love it goes through the dark ages it takes forever for the longest time the universe is just in this stasis it's in this very very high entropy state of just hydrogen and helium some lithium just chilling out we don't want that we want chaos man we want we want stuff to collide and condense and the w map shows us this that there was just these tiny itty bitty little fluctuations the tiniest little amounts of differences in this cosmic background radiation but that's enough that's enough for the gravity to start to pull it in and then the gas laws take over and as you compress gas it excites and it vibrates and it ionizes and starts to collide and condense so 200 million years after the big bang we reach like this big turning point the universe is made up of this it has this ingredients of hydrogen and helium and so now there's going to get these tiny little variations in density around this matter and slowly but surely that gravity that fundamental force that is so weird wild and wonderful around us it's going to start to pull us in and condense it's going to 
to pull in these atoms, and these atoms are going to start to kick it. They're going to start to go in this incredible journey that lead all the way to everything that's looking around us. Why you are and why Sam and Dave are made up of star stuff, but they're also made up of 10%, 9.5 to 10% of the atomic nuclei that is in them, the hydrogen came from the Big Bang. So not only are our two lovers made up of stardust, they're also made up, they're children of the primordial elemental soup that came out of this point of infinite mass and density that we call the singularity that had the audacity later. To, oh, oh, I'm getting too crazy. We're, we're going we're gonna to we're gonna slow it down. So back to the stars. So these things are going. The hydrogen and helium are there. We start to compress it. And not we, the universe. The universe starts to compress it and condense it. The atomic nuclei start going rapidly, firing around temperature and pressure, dramatically increasing until these hydrogen the lightest most fundamental particle has enough energy and enough speed really that it hits and it breaks coulomb's barrier it's like electrons are or uh, atoms are like are like bar magnets north north will repel it's like if you could push that together i used to do it as a kid all the time my grandma had bar magnets like oh god I'm like, what is this invisible force? Fun fact, that's also what got Einstein stoked on science. So magnetism coming in hot. And it is the electromagnetism. It's a part of the electromagnetic spectrum. It's a part of the fundamental forces. But these things now start to go. And magically, not magically, mathematically, the pressure starts to condense and compress, and this temperature builds so rapidly as the gravity is compressing these big, uh, you know, galactic, not even like universal gas clouds, until certain little tiny pockets, little hot spots, reach 10 million degrees Kelvin, and that is the magical number where fusion ignites. Fusion goes woof and ignites these things, and this hundred, you know, one times 10 to the 80th atoms of the universe, not all of them get to do this. Tiny little variations small amounts of these things actually start to form up and this is our original stars and you don't think that's so important you see these twinkly stars in the night sky but at this point guys chemistry is not born all other 92 elements that exist are not there they're not ready yet they're not they're not in the they're not in the game they're not there the uh, the stuff that is going to make up the human body that has the ability and the audacity and the choice to fall in love that stuff is not there yet, but these are on the way. So at this point now, our universe can make these original stars, and scientists think they'd be huge, catastrophically massive stars. Stars live these crazy cool lives where the bigger they are, they go down in blazes of glory. The little tiny weenie stars just take forever. They burn forever. So these stars would be huge, hot, and big, right? They're ready to go. And as they're going here, as we go to threshold two, we move on to threshold three. And oh my god, this this was a turning point in my like understanding of the universe. I remembered in high school looking at the periodic table as I was taught by my high, my, my high school teacher. It really wasn't that great. My dad taught me more. Love you, dad. You're the best. And I remember thinking, like, where did the chemistry come from? Where did this amazing periodic table come from? And I'm reading my textbook trying to get ready for my lesson. And all of a sudden, I'm like, are you kidding me? It came from stars. I was like, no, no way. No, why, why has nobody told me this? So I'm here to tell you right now, all of the elements aside from hydrogen, some helium, a little bit of lithium, it all came from stars. The entire atomic spectrum of all things came from these stellar nurseries, man, through stellar nucleosynthesis. What a great name. What a great adjective. 
So these stars are going to get huge and big. So now the universe has these new ingredients, this new kind of crucible for creation going on here. These stars are going to age and they're going to die. They're going to rip their hydrogen out. They're going to take four hydrogen, condense it down into helium. That helium's going to burn hotter, burning them faster. And sooner or later, it runs out of all its hydrogen. And then it runs out of its helium and it starts to burn bigger and bigger elements together because it can have more force, more power to compress these big nuclei. It creates things like carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, sodium, Oh my God, everything. It burn, it, 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 I can't even list them all. It's not worth it here. But it's pretty much everything almost up until iron. There's so many. It's like 36 atomic elements. And then, you know, that's what can be made. Those elements, the calcium in your bones, in your the enamel, the potassium, the sodium, the nitrogen in our, in our air, the carbon that we are made of. We are carbon-based life forms. The oxygen that is you. You are composed of 65% oxygen, 18.5% carbon. 9.5% hydrogen from the Big Bang, y'all. 3.2% nitrogen, 1.5% uh, calcium, 1.0% phosphorus. I'm trying to do, like, do the letters here. It's been a while. I didn't write out the words. 0.4% potassium, 0.3% sulfur, 0.2% sodium, 0.1% chlorine, and 0.1% magnesium. And I'm sure there's some other stuff in there that I'm missing. Those things were created in the crucibles of stars. But you may be like, oh my God, though, where did the rest of the, uh, you know, the, the, where did the other 92 elements come from? <laughs> well, let me tell you, some of these stars get huge, get gnarly, get big, upwards of eight solar mass compress stuff down to such a degree getting all the elements colliding and compressing more and more and more and more and remember these elements that later on turn into sam or not turn into co-accrete co and condense and collide and stick together to form these two wonderful walking talking thinking feeling things that we call our little homies in our story here that are going to go on to this amazing journey of marriage they're in these stars in essence because you the laws of thermodynamics you can't create nor destroy matter so when that singularity erupted it's all there all that matter and energy was there we can only convert it and the universe usually goes from states of disorder high entropy to states of i'm sorry states of low entropy like very ordered structures like a human to disorder like a car sitting in a field will just slowly rust but that rusted car most likely nothing says it can't will come back Back into existence as a car so are we defying defying the first law of thermodynamics uh, or the second law i don't know ponder that later in another podcast episode so anyways back to these stars so these stars are rolling along and they're huge big massive stars they compress everything until finally they have so much gravitational force because they have such a massive internal nuclei they're left with iron and no star on the universe that we know of so far can compress iron but you got a picture now it's like this huge table. The more mass you have, the more gravity you have, and the more compressing forces you have. It's the cosmic chaotic glue that starts to collide and condense these things down to start to create the rest of the periodic table. So you're left with iron, and all of a sudden, it's this balancing act of outward energy from fusion being balanced by the inward forces pulling towards the center of gravity. But now the fusion turns off. It runs out of fuel. The car dies. But what's left is gravity, and gravity's waiting, and it's I don't know if it does it like maliciously. I'm, I, maybe it does. Maybe it's like, I get to make a supernova. Or it's like, oh, sorry, I don't mean to blow you up. Boom. And it collides and compresses this star down. I've heard it ref re related to 
if you took the earth and smushed it down to the size of a golf ball in like less than a nanosecond oh power baby let's do this and in that chaos in that collision in that force is the crazy amount of energy related and needed to make the rest of the periodic table i don't know if my colleague miss burton remembers where i learned this and i was like you know i learned that it came from the stars i was like are you kidding me and i went running to a room because she's a chemistry teacher i'm like where did the rest of the periodic table come from she's like supernovas i was like oh come on that's insane and she's like yeah and i'm like and you know for my high school chemistry teacher tell me these things that would have got me pumped and stoked and would have changed my life but you know it's okay it's okay you're you yeah you were you're good you're a good teacher so these stars now collide and condense and collide and just explode scatter their guts throughout all the cosmos and in these guts now in these things these huge clouds of just stellar debris that we call nebulates that beautiful interstellar tie-dye you see if you look up hubble website now the universe is seeded with all of the fun, awesome Legos that is the periodic table that will then go. And these these elements now are just flying through space. We are at a long period. We are one billion years after the Big Bang started to form up these galaxies. And now stellar nucleosynthesis created all the way up to iron and now supernova nuclear synthesis created iron and beyond. And what gets left over is like a black hole, but we'll talk about those some other time. And this, we now have this universe that is just with these huge gravity these huge clouds all the fundamental forces gravity all of the elements that are ready and willing and later on down the road will turn into our beloved sam and our wondrous dave down the planet you know as we go down this story we're not quite there yet so we reach this other turning point so now lots and lots of time goes by so way long you know we we are way into this 13.7 billion year history so remember the creatures that are the things that are sam and dave have been on this in- this incredible journey. Sorry if my I'm not restarting this audio. My dog's gate is not working, and they're being buttheads, so you might hear them on the microphone here. So we're at the point now where 4.5, 4.5 billion years ago, roughly, there's this cloud called the Orion Nebula, this huge, massive nebular cloud. And in this tiny, itty-bitty little pocket of this nebular cloud, this little bitty stars starts to form up this huge stellar disk and dust and debris starts to spin tiny little particles of 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 gas start to collide and stick via the processes of matter and it's going to start to spin and collide and compress more and more and more and more until again we reach our magical number of 10 million degrees kelvin and wham we create our sun the sun is born roughly 4.5 5 billion years ago we comprise this sun and it's made up of huge amounts of matter but again these are the atoms the the this cloud that compressed in has the atomic elements so at this time in our story uh, we are a closed system. Earth is closed. So at this point, when that cloud condenses, the stuff that is going to form up our solar system, and you, me, Sam, Dave, my dogs, all of this, my shirt, my desk, my phone, my microphone, my dry erase board, my you know, LaCroix water, whatever it is, those atoms are here. They've been here the whole time. They haven't added in or subtracted out. They're, they're just re-collided and recondensed and reconfigured. So at this point, when the star when the star condenses, 99% of that atoms, of, those, of, of all the matter in that cloud that was 100 times greater than our solar system is today, 99% of that is found in the sun. That leaves 1% left over, one remaining percent to form up the rest of all the planets, inner and outer, you know, 
uh, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, the Kuiper Belt, the the the, the uh, asteroid belt, all the comets, you name it. The, you know the new ninth planet that we found. Oh my God! And then poor little Pluto and all the other trans-Newtonian objects and you, me, us, all of this. It's all here. It's all ready. Now we're on Earth and our little story. Now the atoms are ready. The start planet starts to form up. It starts as this huge ball of magma, but we're missing one thing. We're missing the moon. The moon does more things for us than we could ever possibly imagine. And then this moon just comes, it it wasn't a moon, it was a planetesimal, roughly the size of of, of, uh, Mars. So this planet collides. This thing has the audacity to smoke into our planet at just the right beautiful little glancing blow. Again, it's called the big, it's called the large impact theory. It's theoretical because we weren't there, but it matches. It, it makes sense, and we've now modeled it with these wondrous uh, computer models. Some scientists in, in Colorado University looked at this and mapped it, and it matches the chemistry. So at this point, this thing collides at incredible speeds, like today, like game over times 100. It strips the mantle off. So all those atoms that are trying to keep going and stick to this planet that are going to later turn into our beloved lovers, it is now blown away. Like the mantle gets stripped off. Like it's like all the mountains, like the surface times a lot gets thrown up into debris. Most of it rains back down. The two, the two iron cores collide, which actually gave us our huge iron core, which is a huge bonus for the magnetosphere later on down of what earth does for us and it it in less than a year we're formed up with the planet we have today this big ball of masma with this awesome very big relative to its planets bigot moon relative to planet ratio in the solar system is all formed up and ready and now life is here or not life sorry the, the earth is ready it's it's on its journey the atoms that are going to move and condense and reconfigure and recycle over billions and billions of years finally co-accreting and condensing into our beloved story here is a begin is about to begin this journey. So at this point in time, the Earth is there. We're 4.5 billion years old. 4.5 billion years ago, our planet is there, and I'm not going to get into all of it. It goes through these incredible tales, and it's not that long ago that the Earth forms up a place that life can exist. So scientists today believe that Earth held life roughly 3.8 billion years ago. It had the water and the atmosphere that is today, and as time goes on, these life begin in these deep dark, huge, you know, hydrothermal vents of tiny bacteria and slowly start to evolve upwards. You know, evolutionarily, the ancestors that later on led to the things that is the species of Homo sapien that is two people in our little story here. And along the way, it's tiny little bits of them start to form up algae. Algae have the first ones to be able to do this wondrous process of photosynthesis. And then more chaos and destruction occurs. The world of evolutionary natural selection takes place over billions and billions of years, massive amounts of chaos and debris and extinctions, snowball Earth, the KT extinction, an asteroid collides with our planet three, was it, 165 million years ago and eradicates 75% of the Earth. One day I'm going to do a podcast on it. you got to look up Radiolab's Apocalyptica show. It will change your life on this new theory of how intensely, amazingly, the dinosaurs went down and went out. So all this stuff goes, right? And at this point in time, we're at this journey. Remember, life is here. Life has to do these things. Biologically, life is simple. We get to be this complex life. But all life has many things in common. Life has metabolism. It has to be able to do metabolism, like turn energy and oxygen and you know break it down into being able to building blocks that are you the homeostasis reproduction and adaptation that's what it must do and it can take all of this stuff but all these things are here all these elements are there so 
At this point in time, life goes on. Life is there. And roughly 200 to 100,000 years ago, it's debatable, we get the first Homo sapiens, right? The first Homo sapiens are out there on the planet, the hominids moving out of Africa, going through the weird, wild, wonderful hominid evolution that is everything. And we end up with today. So that's today, all right? That, more importantly, let's go with what we have. It was, what was this weekend? That was the 23rd. Okay, so on the 23rd, no, it was a Friday. So the 22nd, I was informed via text message, because that's the world we live in, that my buddy Dave proposed to my buddy Sam. Two people, two creatures composed of 32 trillion cells energized by sunlight, part of these ecosystems that have evolved on this incredible journey to give us energy permeating throughout. They sit there. He takes his hand, bends his knee, and sits down and starts to isosceles and resonate his vocal cords, turning sunlight, in essence, because you need energy to move your vocal cords and move air, into symphonic sound waves that are going to move through the air as he bends and manipulates his muscular energy to hold out his hand to create this ring that probably cost him a lot of money that's actually made of carbon which is one of the most abundant elements in the universe but whatever you know it, uh, like gender roles it's cool but sam's cool she deserves it hopefully it's a big one i didn't really check it out that much he lifts this thing up he says will you marry me i'm sure he said amazing other things that he wouldn't share with me because he's a pretty romantic dude and then she says yes and they are now couple they're ready to go they're now going to go on this journey these tiny little creatures as they sit there and probably embrace and hug as they breathe in oxygen to keep their metabolism going you know and then they probably sit down on a bench and they look back at their entire life not just from their time in high school or their last five and a half years of dating but they sit back and they're like man our atoms have been on an incredible journey of 13.7 billion year journey that starts with a singularity which slowly turns into hydrogen and helium and compresses down to form up the first stars which some are really big and go on and explode and seed the universe with all the atomic elements and they go through this and into this tiny little galaxy called the Milky Way and the slightest little spiral arm called the Sagittarius arm this tiny little nebula composed of countless amounts of debris gas and dust of the interstellar medium starts to spin and condense and compress down in a tiny little pocket until it just ignites this wondrous thing that you see every single morning rise up over the horizon and illuminate the sun and the stars and the atmosphere it doesn't illuminate the sun and the stars and the atmosphere it illuminates the atmosphere and you get to form a new day and then along that journey of 4.5 billion years history with all of the life that ever existing with 99 percent of that life getting eradicated through the extinction processes and natural selection two tiny little creatures have the ability to fall in love these two creatures that we talked about before each of them having a one times ten to the two million six hundred eighty five thousand probability of not being what they are the wondrous awe-inspiring infinite universe that is emotions and thoughts feelings and ideas in our body the countless trillions upon trillions of atcg base pairs that's been passed on down through them co-accreting coalescing going through the one of protein synthesis to synthesize the protein protein symphony that is you that somehow get these
these two to meet and to fall in love and dive deep into the wonders that who they are and finally say the words, I love you. Will you marry me? I do. And now they're going to go on the rest of this epic, incredible saga, enjoying what they are, who they are, what they will accomplish, knowing that every single atomic element that is in them was either forged and ignited from the original dawn of the universe or has gone through an incredible journey of stellar evolution, being formed up of stardust, co-accreted, coalescing, condensing, being energized through countless generations of life, death, and chaos of the cyclic processes of ecology and biology somehow finding together to get these two people to meet and have the audacity to fall in love some of them said it best i can't do it justice carl sagan once said he said he has a great quote coming from his cosmos book that tries to sum this up he says she studied the universe all her life but had overlooked its clearest message for small creatures such as we the vastness is bearable only through love that's a wonderful quote so, I hope you two enjoyed this. It's very ranty. I talk fast. I just get excited. I'm so happy for you two. You two are two of my favorite people. I love you guys to death. And I'm going to close this out with a wonderful quote from Dave himself. When I asked him, how do you personify love? First, he wouldn't tell me. Then he goes, I'm going to do my Dave voice. You know what? I'll tell you. You want to know what love is to me? Uh, everyone gets love gets ugly. So pick someone you like because they will get ugly. Except for me, I'll never get ugly. Mic drop, Dave Heinrich. So, hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. Go out there, hug the people that you love, change your neural networks, reach out and enjoy this. Fight for love. Don't be afraid of love. The good, the bad, the ugly, the breakups, the sadness, the new, the old. It's all a part of this weird, wild, epic journey that we call life. So go forth, stay safe, stay out of trouble, keep it real, keep it clean. Have a good week.